Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that God has made. I invite you to, to think about all those who are worshiping with us, those who are in person, those who are at home, to look around your home at those who are around you, to look around the sanctuary at those who are around you, to picture those who are at a distance, and to turn and to wave, and in that wave to share God's great love and the peace of Christ with one another. For as we worship, we know we are never alone, and as we remember that we are never alone, we remember that this is indeed the day that God has made, and we can rejoice, and we can be glad in it. Welcome to this time of worship. It is always good to share time together. Um, a couple of announcements for this week. A reminder that all of our announcements can be found on um, our church email list, and if you are not signed up for that church email list and you do have email, I really invite you to sign up to keep um, up with the latest things that are happening here at Grace. Um, if you do not have email but would like to know what's going on, please phone the church office and Laurel, our administrator, would be happy to share the announcements with you. A great big thank you to um, our firm committee and everyone who helped make um, our Pi Day presentation happen last week. It was a wonderful event. We heard stories from churches that are affirming and how they continue to live out the call of inclusion. We heard from a church like ours that is exploring what it would mean to be come an affirming congregation. We ate pie and we had wonderful conversations. Um, we even got to see Adam in, in a, a romper, is that, that's a romper, a colorful rainbow romper. So if you missed it, um, it is now on our YouTube page. You can watch the whole thing. Um, hope you just don't skip to Adam in the romper, although if you, if you watch it once, you may want to skip back just to see him. Um, Jen made him model it for us, so that was great. Um, Thank you to Jen and Adam for hosting the event, for the Affirm Committee for all their work, and for everyone who is taking part in, in this exploring of what it would mean for our church to become an affirming congregation. A public service announcement. Um, in Gray Bruce, we are in phase one of the vaccinations um, for COVID-19. This includes people who are long-term care or retirement home residents, essential caregivers and staff of those um, people, indigenous communities and populations, 
healthcare workers, chronic home care recipients, and adults 80 years and older. We give thanks to God for God's wisdom that has worked through so many people in making a vaccine in, in an astonishingly fast time for what a vaccine is which was a part of a lot of hard work and people working together. We give thanks to God for all who are down at the PNH Centre um, day in, day out, administering the vaccine, and we hold them in our prayer. For all those who are worshipping in person today, a reminder that following local health guidelines, we will not be singing our hymns or speaking our responses. You're invited to, to sing the hymns and share the responses internally and silently, or you're welcome to move around to. If you want to move during the prayers, if you want to move during the hymns, you're welcome to do that. At home, please share the responses, sing out loud if you want. Um, in consultation with our health unit, and following their guidance around proper masking, barriers, and spacing, we are happy to share that we have found a way for a soloist for Beth today to share um, in singing, but she's the only one who's able to sing today. But thank you, Beth, for looking into all that for us too. On our communion table, the table at the center of our lives and our faith, we've been placing various symbols of the covenants we have been reflecting on over Lent. We place the symbol of the heart today. In the ancient Mediterranean world, the heart was more than just a representation of our emotions. The heart represented our deepest and core self. It represented our whole life, body, and spirit. Today we place a heart beside our Christ candle as we remember God's promise heard in Jeremiah that God will write a new covenant on our hearts at the deepest level of who we are. Our relationship with God exists within that deepest core identity of ourselves, in the place where nothing can harm it or diminish it or take away that love. We give thanks to God that we are truly loved, and we give thanks to God that we are capable of such wonderful love that helps in the healing and transformation of our world. And as we gather for worship today, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked on this land. Their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and spirituality. As we worship together today, we recognize that we are all treaty people. We are all part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half. And we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek and Métis people. We acknowledge the pain and broken relationships that has come with colonization, oppression, and racism. We pray that God may lead us all in working towards building right relationship and finding healing and a path forward. Friends, come, let us worship. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. And we call one another to worship. Friends of God, believe this. God loved the world. God loves the world. We are the beloved. May the truth of this great love story shine throughout our worship today and renew our sense of calling. So come with your tiredness your frustrations, and your discouragements. 
Come with your doubts, your fears, and your longings. Come to discover yet again how Jesus reveals God's love and mercy. Come in friendship to God and to each other, and in friendship to the world to listen for God's word to us, to offer our prayers, and to renew our calling. Friends of God, let us worship, and let us join together in prayer. Ever-present God, in this season of reflecting and discerning, strengthen us and guide us. Bring us renewal of strength and purpose in our lives, in our church, and in our community. Bless our worship and bless our lives. Amen. Our minute for mission this morning is called Rural and Homeless Gary Story. Through your gifts, mission and service helps support those who struggle in rural, rural areas where poverty can be hard to spot. Gary is a senior citizen living in Ingleside, Ontario, a village of 1,300 people. He lives alone and is in poor health. He tries to keep warm by heating his house, house with wood. That's fine until he runs out. Gary doesn't have a driver's license, so he can access social services in the city. Thankfully, a few months ago, his doctor referred him to the House of Lazarus, a mission and service supported community outreach that offers food, clothing, and household goods to those in need. Gary would have starved or frozen to death without House of Lazarus, intervening and getting him food and wood. But long-term solutions for people without cars are challenging because they have no way to access services in larger centers, says Reverend Dan Hayward, the minister at Eagleside, Newington United Church, where the House of Lazarus just opened a satellite location last August. There's rural homelessness issues here that few people would think exist, says Hayward. In rural communities, poverty can be hard to spot. There, people rarely ask for money on the street. There are no downtown cores to gather in and view, if any, shelters to turn to. Lack of public transit and nearby resources means that too often, people suffer alone. We first saw the problem when we began delivering firewood when person put a wood stove into an old camper to stay warm. It was definitely not safe, said Kathy Ashby, the House of Lazarus Executive Director. Uh, women are particularly impacted. We know they stay in abusive situation because there is no affordable housing or emergency shelters in the area. We found a single mom with t two teenage daughters sleeping in a tent well into November. It's challenging. Politicians are not going to put money into an issue they don't see. Increasingly, the House of Lazarus is reaching out into the community rather than waiting for people to come to them. Mission and service support helps provide community meals and breakfast programs off-site. Through Operation Backpack, highlighted in this year's Gifts for Vision catalog, 170 students receive food in their backpack every Friday to help them through the weekend. The United Church is definitely a strong supporter. We have had Seeds of Hope grant funding. 
been highlighted for gifts with vision and received regular mission and service support. We are grateful, said Ashby. Your gifts through mission and service have transformed lives, transformed lives in rural and urban centers across our country. Thank you. And if mission and service is not one of your regular givings, please think about it. It helps people like Gary, and Gary's name was changed to protect him. Thank you. The first scripture reading this morning is from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. The days are coming, declared the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I, I was a husband to them, declares the Lord, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor to say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And the second reading this morning is from John 12, verses 20 to 33. Jesus predicts his death. Now there were many Greeks among them who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was the Messiah in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyway, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said, It has thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to them. Jesus said, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of the world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You don't know, but throughout high school, I would have been what people call the theater geek. I was an active member of our local theater, community theater, Galt Little Theater in Cambridge. And I was part of their youth apprenticeship program, which included doing youth programs and, and sharing with the regular season as well. I learned on stage work and behind the scenes skills. I performed in about eight plays and helped behind the scenes for many other productions. I even wrote a play with someone else. 
One of the scariest things about acting, after the fear of standing up in front of other people and performing, which is a, a big fear as well, one of the other big fears is that you'll forget your lines. So you memorize and you practice until you know it all by heart, then sometimes you will forget. But knowing the lines by heart brings freedom. Freedom to move around, freedom to bring the words and the scene to life. But just as important is that knowing the lines by heart brings actors the freedom to support one another when they need help. Because on stage, there's no scene cut and redo. You have to keep going. But the ability to be there for one another is probably one of the biggest freedoms of knowing it by heart. Today, we're exploring one of the other covenants that is made between God and God's people that's found in the Bible. This one comes to us from the prophet Jeremiah from the middle of the book in a section that many scholars refer to as the Book of Consolation. Jeremiah is writing from a place of great upheaval and uncertainty where he has been warned of a catastrophe that is about to take place. And that catastrophe is the conquering of the kingdom of Judah, the destruction of the temple in, Babel, in, in Jerusalem, and the Babylonian exile where the religious, social, and economic powerful people were taken away to the faraway land of Babylon. It was devastating. Like all of the prophets of the exile, Jeremiah has the very difficult task of naming people's pains, but naming their role and their own destruction because of their failure to live as God intended, lives centered in God, lived out in justice and mercy, lived out in love and care for each other. Although much of the prophecy serves as a warning to the people, Jeremiah's words are not entirely without hope. In chapters 30 to 32, we find words of comfort and support and it is within this section that our scripture reading today appears. Jeremiah speaks of a new covenant that God is going to make with the people. It's words of hope. This covenant will be different from all the past covenants because it will be written in the people's hearts. Jeremiah imagines this covenant being so radically different that it will change people from the inside out as they know God's love and they live in God's ways. Over the season of Lent, we have been reflecting on God's covenants and the promises they hold for us. Scripture points us towards God's promise to be in relationship with us, to God's love for each and every one of us, and to our potential to share God's love and create a just and mercy-filled and healing world. Scripture, though, also tells the tragic story of people continually failing, of people continually failing to be faithful to the covenants, people's continued breaking up relationship with God, 
and their relationship with one another. Drawing them into relationship and they in turn betray God's trust and break God's heart. Like Jeremiah, as people of faith, we have the difficult task of lifting up the promise of God and the potential of humanity while at the same time noticing and naming the failings and brokenness of humanity. We often, as humans, fail to live God's unconditional love. We fail to create a world where all belong, where the freedom of community is extended to all, where the gift of healing is shared. Time and time again, humanity falls short from fully loving God, neighbor, and self. Hate, injustice, and division are all too common, and it's all so heartbreaking. It's enough for us to throw our hands in the air and wonder why God would even bother with us. Why do we bother with one another? Jeremiah names this painful reality that people fail to be faithful to God's covenant. And yet Jeremiah also shares good news. God isn't going to give up on God's people. That's the message we hear today. God will continue to draw the people back into relationship. God will continue to love the people into wholeness, to seal this promise a new covenant is imagined, a covenant written on people's hearts. This new covenant comes with the promise that God will no longer remember the people's sins. Let's pause on that for a moment. Their faults and their failures, we are told, will no longer be remembered, will no longer be held against them. All those times that people broke the covenant will be forgotten, not just forgiven, but forgotten. This is a new way of life rooted in love. God will no longer need to forgive because God isn't going to keep score anymore. The score sheet isn't just erased, it is torn up and thrown away. The covenant of the heart will be one where God's radical love will flow from people's deepest self. It will root them in their holy relationship with God and with one another. It will lead them to be who God created them to be. It will be the catalyst for the love they share and will give them the strength to build the life God envisions for all creation. The covenant in, we hear in Jeremiah, I think is a pretty hard covenant to grasp because we are hardwired in many ways to judge, to judge ourselves, to judge one another, to focus on all the faults and failures Many of, us, many of us are drawn to the score sheet to keep track of the mistakes that we have made and that others have made. Many of us have been rooted in a faith that says, God keeps score. So what does it mean to hear a piece of scripture where we hear of God choosing to forget all of our failure, failure to love as we have been loved? What does it mean to live without a score sheet? 
David Lose talks about how in Jeremiah we hear that God chooses to develop amnesia, to forget the heartbreak caused by people's unfaithfulness. He points out that part of Israel's problem is that they cannot forget their failures. Because they cannot forget their failures, they are doomed to once again repeat the cycle. So out of love, we hear of God's promise to forget. God offers to them the one thing they cannot do. God will forgive and forget their past failures and stumbling. God will throw out the score sheet. God will do it all again. In response to their failure, God refuses to recognize it. In response to their infidelity, God calls them faithful. In response to their sin and brokenness and pain they cause, God's memory has to be pushed and prodded to find any reconciliation at all, recollection at all. God forgets for the sake of a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God's beloved. God forgets so they can live renewed life with God and with one another. So if God can forget, can we? Can we not only learn to forgive ourselves and one another for the wrongs we have done, but to give up on the whole concept of a score sheet, human or divine? Can we look into the aching and broken places of our lives and our world and instead of fear and judgment, encounter God's love flowing into those places? Can we pour out our love, love for self, love for others, love for all creation, a love that heals? Can we join with God in abandoning the score sheet in order to love ourselves and our world, to love one another more deeply with a holy love that will save us all? Can we let go of the past mistakes and failures or our fear of naming and acknowledging them in order to make amends, to build and restore relationships, to work towards healing, and to move forward in God's love? All those many years ago, and it's becoming many, many years ago, when I used to act, I discovered that knowing your lines by heart brought a real deep freedom. Like I said, it was more than the freedom to bring a scene to life. It was the freedom to be present, to support and care one another on stage, especially in the most fearful moments when we stumble or falter. We are all called to live in the freedom of the covenant of the heart, what is the covenant of the heart? It is living the reality that God, that God's love is more generous than our fear, more abundant than we could ever hope for, more life-giving and healing than we can ever imagine. God's love is written in our hearts and we are loved into being exactly who God created us to be. God's love is written in our hearts and God calls us to respond by living God's new covenant by heart in the freedom of our daily lives, in the freedom of living in love and living out love. Friends, let us remember, let us always remember that God's love is written in our hearts 
at the deepest level of who we are. Even when we have trouble loving, forgiving, and letting go of the scorecards, we are promised that God's love holds firm. God's love for all creation is drawing all things together, as we hear in John. God's love is drawing all things together in healing and hope. God is at work in our hearts, transforming us from the inside out, as God leads us to take our place in the new covenant of life. Friends, come. Let us live in love and be part of the amazing things that God is doing throughout the world. Amen. Thanks be to God. And let us join in sharing our love through our prayers. Let us pray. Ever-present God, you promise us eternal love and freedom from our obsession with scorekeeping, failure counting, and fault finding. Create in us a new heart. Renew our lives that we may see the world as you do. Love with your abundance and co-create with you a world of healing, justice, reconciliation, and wholeness for all. Open our lives, O oh God, to the rich blessings that are found all around us. We thank you for all the good things in life, for love and friendship, for nature's beauty and comfort, for our church family and your spirit that draws us together even over distance, for your continued presence. God of grace, hear our prayers. We give you thanks for all who share their gifts of time, talent, prayer, love, and money with our church, with our wider church, through our community outreach. Bless these gifts and guide their use. God of grace, hear our prayer. On this International Day for the Elimination of Racism, we lament the reality of racism. We lament the recent murders in Atlanta and anti-Asian racism and violence. We pray for your healing, that we may be daring in our task of naming and exploring racism in our lives, in our systems and structures, and in our world. Help us to be bold in our work to bring healing and justice. God of grace, hear our prayer. And today on World Down Syndrome Day, we pray for learning, care, and advocacy so that we may celebrate the gifts of those living with Down Syndrome and their families and communities, that we may support and create systems of care, and that we may advocate that all, all are children and beloved of God. We pray for an end to ableism, exclusion, and discrimination. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are struggling this day, for all who are living with grief or fear, for those who are stressed out or experiencing burnout, for all who are feeling anxious, awaiting medical procedures, for all who are dying. 
We pray for family and friends and caregivers. We pray for the strength to reach out to others when we need help. We pray for the guidance to be loving and caring supporters of one another. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray for all who work in health care, for all who work in home care, for all who are working to administer vaccines. We pray for Dr. Ian Era and all who work in public health. God of grace, hear our prayer. And we offer now our individual prayers to you. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray all this in Jesus' name as we rest in the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And a reminder for all those who are worshiping in person today that following our blessing, our photo slides, and musical benediction, our ushers will help direct you from the sanctuary and we ask that you please do not stop in the aisles, in the entryway or sidewalk, so that people can um, exit safely, and that we all continue to be mindful of that safe distance of six feet. And friends, as we go from here, as we end this time of worship, and continue the worship in our daily lives as we go to love and serve our world, may we know that God goes where we go. God guides us where we must make choices, God comforts us where we hurt. And may God continue to surprise us for who we are and what we do now and always. Friends, let us go in love, let us go in peace, and let us go with God. Amen. Friends, as we find ways of living, worshiping, and connecting during this pandemic, we continue to offer several different ways of worshiping with us at Grace United Church. At home, you can continue to join us for worship on both Whiteman TV and Eastlink TV and on our YouTube page. Printed copies of the sermon and prayers can be found on our website or can be emailed by request or delivered by request. Beginning September 27th, you will also be able to join us once again for in-person worship. For those who are joining us for in-person worship, things will look a little different. Before attending in-person worship, we ask that you RSVP by phoning or emailing the church office by Thursday at 4 p.m. for that Sunday service. Before, attending, before arriving for worship, we ask that you do a self-screening to ensure that you are feeling well and that you have not been in contact with anyone who has been diagnosed with COVID-19 
in the last 14 days. When you arrive at Grace, you will be able to enter our sanctuary through the main doors near the sidewalk and the door with the ramp that enters near the, our elevator. Masks or face coverings will be required unless you are unable to wear them while inside the building as per our local health unit guidelines. If you need a mask, we have disposable ones available from the greeters and our ushers. Hand sanitizer is available throughout the building, and we ask that you please sanitize your hands when entering the, the building. Greeters will be present who will welcome you, sign you in, and along with our ushers, will be able to answer any questions that you have. Our elevator is available and following local health unit guidelines, we'll be transporting only individuals in the same social bubble at the same time. Please keep your mask on and face the walls while in the elevator. Our operator will run the elevator as usual. An usher at the top of the stairs will help you off the elevator and into the sanctuary. Our hearing assistant devices are available for the service and are cleaned and sanitized between our services. If you require one, please ask an usher. If you need to use a washroom during the worship service, the washroom in the basement is available. Our ushers can help direct you and our elevator can take you to that floor if needed. After you arrive for worship, our ushers will help you find a seat. We have spaced out our seats and we'll be, we will be seating people from the front of the sanctuary to the back of the sanctuary. If you have physical needs that restrict where you can sit, please let our usher know and they will accommodate you. Following local health unit guidelines, during our service you will need to keep your mask and face covering on. There will be no singing, choir, or responsive prayers at this time. Following worship, our ushers will help direct people out of the sanctuary from the back of the church to the front. We ask that you are mindful when leaving not to block doorways, our sidewalk, or access to the parking lot. And we ask that you continue to keep safe social distance of two meters. This and more information is available on our website on our COVID-19 updates page on our website or can be emailed or delivered to you upon request by phoning the church office. We look forward to worshiping with you, whether you choose to continue to worship at home or to join us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Amen. Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, 
N4N1V6.